What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. Thank you for making me part of your week this week and every week. We have some pretty sad news coming out of the Mid-American Conference as the football season has been canceled. I'll talk a little bit more about my feelings on that in the upcoming episode. And also, the Toronto Blue Jays are moving to Buffalo to play at Salem Field. We're going to get into that also, so stick around and let's have some fun. Before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to take a quick time out to say thank you to everyone who listens to me and continues to listen to me on a weekly basis. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to me on the listening platform of your choice and leave me a good thumbs up rating so that more people can find out about this podcast. Also, if you like this podcast, do not underestimate the word of mouth. Make sure you tell your friends, you tell your family to give me a listen because they might also like what they hear. You can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, right here on Anchor. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsTalkBuff1. That's SportsTalkBuff1 on Twitter. You can also email me at SportsTalkBuffalo at Yahoo.com. Once again, thank you for listening. Now let's get on with the rest of the episode. All right, we're going to jump right into things here in segment number one and talk about the Mid-American Conference canceling the football season. They are the first conference in the FBS to completely cancel their season, at least their fall season. Maybe they play in the spring, but that is huge news, especially for the UB Bulls who have multiple players that are looking to potentially use this season to propel themselves into the National Football League. Now, I had a couple couple of questions about the decision that was made by the MAC Conference. And as I said, this this decision could have huge effects on multiple players in the conference. And most notably for the UB Bulls, Jared Patterson, the running back who had an unbelievable season, coming off of a record-setting rushing season, 1,799 yards, 19 touchdowns and 209 reception yards and a touchdown reception. He is projected as a potential mid to high round pick and this year could have really solidified his position in the National Football League draft. Hopefully he will still get that opportunity to be able to propel himself and really create or rise his draft stock in the uh, as the league goes forward. Another player for the UB Bulls that is going to be affected is backup running back Kevin Marks. He is often the forgot about running back, but at UB, he also rushed for over 1,000 yards. He rushed for 1,035 yards and eight touchdowns. He has the prototypical size to enter the NFL, and I'm sure a lot of NFL teams are going to be looking at him as either a late-round draft pick or potentially an undrafted free agent, and not, especially for someone like Marks, coming off of such a good season, he is really needs the next season to propel himself and get himself into the draft conversation. There are two more players for the Bulls that really come to mind when you think about canceling the season. Both guys are going to be seniors. Both guys listed in the top 100 players returning to college. One 
Defensive end Malcolm Kuntz coming off of a very solid season, which saw him have 11 tackles for loss, including eight sacks and three forced fumbles. The other is his counterpart on the other side of the defensive line in Taylor Riggins. He was also, like I said, mentioned in the top 100 players in college football returning for this season. He had nine and a half tackles for loss, including eight and a half sacks and one forced fumble. All of these guys are being talked about as potential NFL draft picks, and that is huge news for a team like the UB Bulls, who are seemingly only getting better and better. Their trajectory is going up and up under Lance Leipold, and he is just doing a fantastic job. They just have one of they just secured one of their best recruiting classes of all time, and having players be drafted from the University at Buffalo can only help the Crow program get bigger and bigger and not having a season this season really messes with the opportunities for all four of these guys especially the seniors in Malcolm Coons and Taylor Riggins now one of the questions that I had with the cancellation of the mid-american conference football season is did they consult with the players at all or coaches at all before canceling the season Did they talk with any players? Did they get any input from players, from coaches, to see where they are at in terms of do they want to take on the risk of potentially contracting COVID and spreading it to other people? That is something that I think really needed to be taken into consideration that I don't believe the MAC conference and the board of directors really took in the conference at all, and I don't think fans take that into consideration also. This decision could potentially cost players like Patterson, Marks, Koontz, and Riggins millions of dollars. Literally millions of dollars. This could be the opportunity that they had been working for their entire lives, and it ripped away from them potentially with no input at all is absolutely heartbreaking and a very, very bad disservice and a very bad look for a conference that a smaller conference like the Mid-American Conference. It's going to make things a lot more difficult for coaches to recruit into the conference when they know that they're not really taking players into consideration when they make massive decisions like this. Another question I had is, if any Power 5 schools do play this season, there are talks about uh, most of, uh, of the Power 5 conferences canceling their seasons as well, and that the MAC conference was just the first in a domino effect that is going to cascade around college football. Are they going to be able to poach these players away from MAC schools like the University at Buffalo? Because the four players I mentioned would be highly sought after across the football nation in most of these power fives. These guys would just be plug and play. You stick them right in and they could be big time producers. And it it's a really bad look for the University at Buffalo if something like that happens because you go from potentially having four draft picks in the upcoming draft to having none. And that is a huge huge detractor from potential uh, recruits coming into a program if they don't believe that the program could get them to the professional ranks if that is one of their aspirations. All these players, they want to have the opportunity to showcase themselves and 
a smaller school like the MAC, it, it's already difficult to attract top-tier talent into this smaller school situation, but then you take out a recruiting tool. You can't Now you can't even say, for example, a guy like K.J. Osborne, who played at UB for three years, then transferred to the University of Miami, and then gets drafted in the sixth round by the Minnesota Vikings, the university can't say, yes, look, we got him drafted. It's going to be the University of Miami that says, look, he came to us and we got him to the NFL. It's not going to be the University at Buffalo that can say, yeah, we are the ones who absolutely set him on the trajectory to getting into the NFL. He got drafted out of UBC. It doesn't matter where you go. If you come to UB or you go to the University of Miami, we, you know, you will get drafted. You will get noticed if they believe you are worthy of it. No, they poach your players, and then they have the credibility, and they have all of the, the, the accolades of getting these players to the NFL. So that is a massive, massive deal for the University at Buffalo and smaller schools like the University at Buffalo. Another thing that I think people don't really take into consideration when they think about this stuff is how many football players come from difficult situations. How many football players come from incredibly difficult situations at home and are are at real risk when the season's over of whatever, gang violence, anything like that, drugs, being in bad neighborhoods, growing up in a bad neighborhood myself, I really understand how important it is for these guys to be in a positive atmosphere, to get away from those things, because it's very easy to be sucked in to a bad atmosphere and and really become part of that neighborhood. Do you really think that it's going to be safer for most of these guys to be at home in in potentially dangerous, harmful situations that they've worked so they've worked themselves so hard to get out of. Do you think it's fair to those guys to take this away from them, to take away all the positivity that they've worked for for their entire lives without so much as even a little bit of their input? To me that's it's just not right and I think it's you know it's it's an it's more of an optics move if you really in my opinion it's an optics move. Everyone's saying, "Oh, it's for the the player safety, and that's what they're all stating. It's player safety, player safety. But when you ask the players, they want to play. They want to play. They're not playing for money. I mean, some of them are playing for potential contracts, but these kids aren't playing for money. They're playing because it, it it's a positive thing that keeps them out of trouble. It keeps them away from their their difficult situations and now without this football season we're potentially putting them back into those difficult situations and those are just some factors that people really need to look into when it comes to canceling the football season that I don't think a lot of people really look into my final thoughts on this is the time is now ladies and gentlemen the time is now to stop letting this virus control all aspects of our lives and resume with our regular lives. There, we, we understand who is the most vulnerable when it comes to this virus, and those are the people that need to be protected. We won't know the long-term effects of the virus for 30 years down the line. Are we going to lock ourselves in the house for 30 years because we're scared a virus may or may not affect our lives? Ladies and gentlemen, that's no way to live. 
That's no way to live, and we can't continue to let fear dictate every aspect of our life when it comes to this virus. We cannot keep hiding from this virus because that's all we're doing when we're shutting things down. We're just hiding from the virus. We're not doing anything to help it go away or to help people become immune to it. We're simply hiding from it. There will never be a perfect time to reopen things. There will never be a good time to reopen things. The best time is right now, right here, right now. Stop running. You can be scared. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be nervous about something that could potentially damage your health. Who wouldn't be nervous about that? But guess what, ladies and gentlemen? 102 people die every single day in the United States from car accidents. Is that going to stop you from getting in your car? There's vaccines already for the influenza virus. Guess what? Thousands of people die every single year from influenza. Is that going to stop you from going outside? No, it's not. We can't let fear of the unknown dictate our lives. It's okay to be scared, but again, we cannot let fear itself control every aspect of our life. We have to go out and we have to live our lives And this is how we get herd immunity. We do the best we can to keep the most vulnerable people safe. And that is how we battle the virus. We cannot go on. This country cannot go on any longer hiding from this thing. It is not going away. It's going to be here forever. Those are my final thoughts on that. If you guys want to, uh, you guys should stick around for the next segment. We're going to talk about the MLB in the city of Buffalo, a dream come true for uh, the Rich family who attempted to get a Major League Baseball team in the city of Buffalo in the late 80s and the early 90s. It's not quite the way that they wanted it, uh, to come to Buffalo, but stick around and we'll talk more about it in the next segment. The city of Buffalo has a professional baseball team playing in it for the first time since 1915 when the Buffalo Blues played in the Federal League. No, it's not quite what Robert E. Rich Jr. envisioned when he attempted to get an MLB franchise back in Buffalo for the first time since 1915 when he built the stadium, Salem Field, in 1988 and uh, till 1992 when they attempted to get a major league team in the city of Buffalo. Those efforts did fail, unfortunately, for the city of Buffalo. But the Blue Jays, because of the pandemic, are playing their all of their home games in the major league baseball season this season at Salem Field, and that is a pretty, pretty cool thing. I wish we could, as fans, go and enjoy these games, but of course, the governor has decided that it is not a good idea for large groups of people to be together to enjoy things in life. But it does have people once again talking. Could Buffalo support a Major League Baseball team here in Buffalo? And here are some numbers that you can take with them with them what you will. The Buffalo Niagara region has a population of roughly 1.135 million people. The smallest market with more than two professional 
sports teams, major professional sports teams, is Cleveland. And they have just over 2 million people. They have almost double the amount of people in their metropolitan region than does the city of Buffalo. And that is the smallest market with three teams, three professional teams. The smallest MLB market is Milwaukee, and they have a metropolitan area of 1.5 million. Those are things that need to be taken into consideration when you think about potentially bringing a team into a place like Buffalo. Yes, we are sports crazy people, but the numbers in terms of population simply don't work when you look at it in comparison to the other markets in Major League Baseball and other areas that have three major professional sports teams. Now you look at the stadium. The smallest stadium in the major league in Major League Baseball is Tropicana Field in Florida with just a capacity of just 31,042 people. Now Salem Field was built to be to potentially extend into a Major League Baseball stadium. And when it first opened, it had a seating capacity of 21,500 people. Uh, I'm sorry, that was from, not when it opened, that was 1988, I believe it was uh, 19,500. Then it expanded to 21,500 from 1990 to 2004. But the current configuration of Salem Field fits 16,600 people. And that's from 2019, so last year to the present. And it has been like that from bleachers being removed in the right field stands and also larger seats being installed to give fans more space in the lower levels. The original design, however, this is something that I did find interesting that I did not know for a long time, and I was reading about it for one reason or another a couple of years back, and I thought it was a really cool thing that I did discover is that Salem Field was initially designed to be able to expand by adding another upper level to increase its seating capacity to host a Major League Baseball team provided Buffalo was lucky enough to get one, which we were not. But it could be expanded to seat 41,530 people. Now, is that a huge stadium? No, it's not a huge stadium. But if you look at the MLB stadiums around the league, it's not that small either. It would slot them around the middle of the league at about 18th in seating capacity. The next thing that you would have to look at when you think about potentially bringing a team, a major professional team to the Buffalo area, is money. You have to look at money. Could the Buffalo area afford to have another major professional sports team? So let's break down some ticket prices. When you look at the lowest average ticket price, and this was taken off of Statista.com, The lowest average ticket price in 2019 went to the Baltimore Orioles, who had a ticket price of an average ticket price of $52. And that was the lowest in the MLB all of last year. So that equates to an 81 game season at $4,212 for season tickets 
on average. That's not more. That's not the most expensive tickets, and of course, that's not the least expensive tickets. But you're looking at about forty-two hundred dollars for an eighty-one game season. The highest is Boston. $167 is the average ticket price in Boston. So you're looking at about $13,527 for season tickets if Buffalo is at the higher end of the ticket prices. Now, comparative to the Buffalo Bisons, of course, we're not a major league team. The average ticket price, according to SeatGeek, is about 20 bucks for the Buffalo Bisons, with some tickets going as low as $4. $4. With those kind of ticket prices, you would think that the Buffalo Bisons sell out every single game, especially with the lowered seating capacity, but that's not true. The attendance in 2019 for the entire year was 518741 It sounds like a ton, but that means they average just 7,981 fans per game. Now, while that's not bad, it's definitely not bad, especially for a minor league team. Do you really think people are going to pay increased ticket prices? More people are going to pay increased ticket prices for a major league team, especially when you already have the Sabres and the Bills here? I kind of doubt it. Now you look at the Buffalo Niagara uh, metropolitan, the greater the area. I'm sorry, I'm over here stuttering. It's late. I apologize. The greater area. You look at their the, the median income. It's five thousand dollars less, roughly, than the national median in the United States. We sit at about fifty six thousand dollars for household income, whereas. The United States as a whole is at about 61000 for median income. So when you really start to break down the numbers, it looks very bleak for the city of Buffalo and the area to ever have a professional baseball team or more than two professional sports teams. So while the Blue Jays playing at Salem Field might bring people ideas of an MLB team in Buffalo, the chances on this are essentially zero. So my advice, enjoy being in the spotlight in the MLB while it's here because the chances are we will never see it again in the history of the city of Buffalo. That's going to do it for this episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, tell your friends, tell your family. They can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, right on Anchor. They can hit me up on Twitter at Sports Talk Buff One. That's Sports Talk B U F F One on Twitter. You can also get at me at my email. It is Sports Talk Buffalo at yahoo.com or sportstalkbuffalo at gmail.com. Thank you guys again for listening, and I hope you all have a fantastic week.